Good morning. Please be opening your Bible to Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Let's have our Bibles ready. When we are undergoing the ordinary stress of earthly life, when we are undergoing the extraordinary pains of life on earth, passages like this need our good attention. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. This is wisdom from God written in the book of Proverbs for us today. And we would be quick and enthusiastic to offer our full agreement. This is how we ought to live, trusting in the Lord with all your heart, not leaning on your own understanding. And then it says, in all your ways acknowledge Him. But there's something else we might attach to this that's in our heads maybe at the time that we read this. It is a common and honest confession that sometimes it is hard to maintain this trust. I want to talk to us about that reality, trusting God in hard times. We don't need to hesitate to say it. It is a reality of suffering that it's hard. Trusting God in hard times, we may come up against that. Now, when everything is peaceful and all the family is well, then the church is thriving and good health and income is present. No pending issues, no conflict, no crisis, no bad news. Everybody's doing great. Trusting God with all your heart may come easier. Compared to times of turmoil, confusion, crisis, and the immediacy of personal pain. And the questions are often framed something like this in a critical sort of way. If God is all-knowing and all-wise and all-good and all-present and all-powerful, why do bad things happen? Why does evil continue? Why is there pain? One step into the answer is God made us creatures of choice. And human beings from Adam until today make wrong choices that have consequences. There is the presence of sin in the world. According to Paul in Romans 8, the world is subjected to the futility of sin. Our earthly existence is continually marred by the sin that directly or indirectly impacts our reality negatively. 
But now I circle back to this reality, trusting God in hard times. I want to offer this morning these certainties that are captured in Scripture. Trusting God is not just something you say or you think. It is about how you live and pray and worship and study and navigate the storms with hope. Some things we say are just so easy to say. Sometimes without good practical internal substance or long-term faith, it's just something you say. It is a cliché. Someone will tell us of their suffering and their frustration and their doubt. And we can almost be dismissive in our tone when we say, well, just trust in God. And while that is certainly true, maybe we should back that up with some meaning, some counsel about what it really means to trust in God for us and for the one we're talking to. In all our doubts and questions and fears, we may be quick and dismissive in tone. Oh, well, just trust in God. And we may say that so lightly that we do not internally give substance to what that's all about. So maybe we ought to say, trust in God in your prayers. Trust in God in your obedience and in my obedience. Trust in God by seeking His Word every day. It may seem easier to just offer up a generic thought or cliche. We need to give substance to that for ourselves and for those that we try to help. We seem to leave it vague and open-ended. What does it mean? We need to give some thought to that personally and based on the convictions and confidence given in Scripture. Psalms chapter 9 and verse 10 says, Those who know your name trust in you, for you, O God, have never forsaken those who seek you. Those who seek you. Now there's some substance there. This passage before us informs what it means to trust in the Lord. Knowing the Lord, knowing He doesn't forsake those who seek Him. So in all of my trusting, there must be my seeking. It is good to think and to say, trust in the Lord if we're using His Word to inform our understanding of what that means. However, it can't just be something we say dismissively. It is about our response to Jesus Christ initially and in repentance in baptism. It is about the activity of our faith after baptism. It's about the steadfastness of our involvement in the Lord's work. It takes in prayer and worship and 
Bible reading and study and involvement with other Christians and serving people and avoiding sin. That's seeking the Lord. <coughs> it's all about doing those good things based on reverence for God and hope in Christ even in times when things happen that we have difficulty processing. You cannot have an ongoing healthy relationship with God just by picking up on certain phrases and repeating those phrases. Even if you just review those thoughts in a brief time frame, you've got to let the meaning sink in and then move from that meaning into your life and move forward with that. To really trust in God is to be obedient to Him, living for Him, praying to Him, and depending upon Him. And the writer of Proverbs says, not leaning on your own understanding. Trusting God means leading, leaving the methods to Him. I'm going to take us over to the book of Luke in chapter 12. Here's what we may be tempted to do. Here's, here's what may be a common mental habit. We pray to God and we give to Him our shopping list of what we want and when we want it down to the exact details. Telling him all about our troubles and heartaches, good. But then we enumerate what we believe he needs to do in detail. We go back and tell him how we want him to do all that. And perhaps we even give him a deadline before noon Tuesday, Lord, that'd be fine. Now, is that trust or is that leaning on our own understanding? Listen to Jesus in Luke 12, 22 to 31. Luke 12, 22 to 31. And he said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life. What will we eat? Nor about your body. What will we put on? For your life is more than food and your body more than clothing. Consider the ravens. They neither, neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouse nor barn and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to his span of life? If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass, which is alive in the field today, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, 
O you of little faith. And do you not seek what you are to eat and what you are to drink, nor be worried? For all the nations of the world seek after all these things, and your Father knows that you need them. Instead, seek His kingdom, and these things will be added to you. Trust means I listen to what Jesus said here and let him teach me about trust. If we could just rest in these promises, trusting that God will take care of us in his perfect ways, we really don't need to tell him exactly how to do all this. We don't need to give him a grocery list. The passage is about trust. Jesus punctuates it with a question, Why are you anxious? The disposition of trust says, I have no idea how God is going to do all this in detail, but I'm certain He will. That's trust. Remember in Proverbs, do not lean on your own understanding. We need to let God do what He knows best how to do. He accepts the request of His people, but He doesn't need us to advise Him about all His methods in detail. We don't ever need to micromanage God. He's got that covered. Look with me in Psalms again, this time in chapter 20, verses 6 through 9. Psalms chapter 20, verses 6 through 9. One of the frequent sins of the Israelites was to trust in their equipment, their human methods, their national allies instead of God. Psalms 20, 6 through 9. Now I know that the Lord saves His anointed he will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving might of his right hand. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They collapse and fall, but we rise and stand upright. O Lord, save the king. May he answer us when we call. If the Lord promises victory, you can count on that without attempting to supplement that trust with anything other than dependence, obedience to Him, responsibility, and gratitude. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him, and He will do it. Psalms 37 verse 5. How do we trust in God in hard times? Not just by repeating certain cliches in a moment. We seek Him fervently and consistently. We let Him do what He knows how to do, trusting that His methods and His timing will always be perfect. Listen to that word, perfect. And let me say, that He knows us perfectly. 
We are familiar with what Jesus said in Matthew 10 and verse 30, that the very hairs of your head are numbered. For me, the count isn't very high. But I'm not the only head in the room or in the world. And it's really more than something about hair. It is knowledge of everything about us that's captured in that statement. Past, present, inside, outside, good, bad. In a good long marriage, there comes a time when nobody on earth knows you like your spouse. There are things about me I've forgotten that my wife knows. Your kids may know you very well. Close friends may know you. All the knowledge these people hold about you is so small when compared to what God knows about you and about me. Everything. Now once we understand the depth of His knowledge... That should enhance and drive our ongoing trust in Him. Join me please on this page in your Bible, in the book of Psalms again, chapter 139. David wrote this, and we think of David as a man who trusted God. Why did he trust in God? When you examine the components the rich elements in the mind of David that drove his trust in God, here's one of the elements of that trust. Psalms 139. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, And the light about me be night. Even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day. For darkness is light with you. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In in your book were written, every one of them, 
the days that were formed for me, when as yet there were none of them. How precious to me are your thoughts. O God, how vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake and I am still with you. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God, O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hide those who hate you, O Lord? Or do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? Do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me. O God, and know my heart, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. And to that I would add Psalms 56, 8. God knows when we toss and turn at night, And he puts our tears in his bottle and writes them in his book. There is not a grief you've ever had in your heart that God is unaware of. There is not a stress point, there's not an anxiety that you have about tomorrow that God is in the dark about. There's not a sigh or a breath or a thought or a tear that escapes the notice of the Creator. This knowledge helps us when things are not going well. David once said, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. George Barton said, One goes on then with a happy heart, Not because life's problems are solved, but because you live in the companionship of one who knows the solutions. One more thing. Trusting God means we rest in His providential care with honest acknowledgement that we are just not that smart. We live in the age of instant information. We also live in the age of instant misinformation. We live in the moments of instant download of what's happening. And we admire all of our technology and we encourage good use of technology. When we have questions, we want answers. And do you know when we want them? Right then. As soon as we finish framing the question and we put the question mark on the end, we want answers. 
And it's often hard for us to grasp the wisdom of delay and thought and study. Because we are so culturated to instantaneous information and misinformation. Earthly life will always present questions we cannot answer. Not only can we not answer them instantly, earthly life will always present to us questions we cannot ever answer. We're just not that smart. And there ought to be a level of comfort about that. Rather than being so stressed out and anxious because you've got a question that wasn't answered in 10 seconds. Relax and remember that we are just not that smart. The technology has not necessarily brought wisdom to us. Knowing we don't have all the answers is one of the answers. We often feel compelled to make sense of suffering quickly. A lot of suffering makes no sense. My father died when I was 13 right in front of me. I've never been able to make sense of that. I know God's will that was in his life, but I've never made any sense of why he died at that time in front of me at 13. I often reflect on the marvelous truth that God doesn't expect me to know all those answers. And he doesn't expect me to be smarter than I'm able to be. He wants effort. He wants me to keep learning and growing and to be informed, but there's no expectation that I'm going to know everything or answer everything. And that's comforting for me. Because I know that I don't know. But I know who does. What I know is who I know and who you can know. Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, This is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I'm strong. It was Job who said, I know my Redeemer lives. Job didn't have all the answers. But he had this answer, I know my Redeemer lives. At our lowest, God is still at his highest. When we, were in the dark, when we are in the dark about why things happen, God is still in the light. When we are weak, he is still strong. When we are sad about events like what happened in Texas this last week, when we are sad, he is still our comforter our hope, our motivation to keep doing what's right. 
But all this isn't just something you preach. Something you listen to on Sunday morning. Something you say. It has to be a way of life. If you're not a Christian, we want you to know that God loves you. And He loves you so much, He allowed His only begotten Son to die so that you could get out of sin and into a relationship with Him. You can trust Him even in hard times and when you don't have answers. But you need to seek Him now. And He has crafted a perfect plan to bring you to Him. You can trust and obey. He is above all and the Bible is His Word. Christ is the Son of God. Sin is man's problem. You can be redeemed by the blood. When you hear this message and believe in Christ, repent of your sins, confessing your faith, you can be baptized and live faithfully knowing who God is, what Christ did, and what the Holy Spirit is revealed that needs to be your ongoing response. Trust and obey. There is no other way. Let's be standing while we sing.